Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. The 29th of November 2013, episode 138 of The Skeptic Wire. Ooh. Yeah, we're recording it a little bit late than we normally would, uh, mainly because both Donna and I had much to do this week, and Greg was out. Uh, actually, he's, he's computerless as far as I know. I think so. I think uh, he, or at least personal computerless. I think I think he's probably in a household or around houses that probably may have computers. He but, is on the East Coast. I'm willing to bet there's probably one within 20 square miles. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure technology has reached that far. Yeah. Okay. But he he doesn't he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to join us. <laughs> He's probably out shopping or something. Yeah, but he is. He is into that uh, whole consumerism Black Friday thing. I'll bet he was out yesterday Ugh, on, yeah. on uh, Idiot Thursday. <laughs> I pretty much did nothing on Idiot Thursday, so... Yeah, I, I just called family and had a steak. And then watched, watched films that I'd been meaning to watch for a long time, but just couldn't be bothered to, or didn't have any time. So you took a day off from the academics and rested your brain a little. I did. Uh, and hurt hurt my brain and my liver a little bit as well. Ah. Just, just, just enjoying just not dealing with with anything. But the, the thing was, the night before, actually for the last week since the, the Thursday, I've been working on a take-home exam. And that was due. I always hated take-home exams because they always seemed harder. Actually, this one, well, no, this one wasn't too bad as far as that goes. I kind of knew how to do everything, uh, with the exception of one. But what happened was it was supposed to be on Tuesday, and then the professor said, no, let's go ahead. And, he's getting a lot of questions over the weekend. Let's just put it off until Wednesday afternoon. And then he said, okay, uh, after our Tuesday session, uh, Tuesday class, he said, well, let's go ahead and have it due Wednesday by midnight. Because a lot of people in my class, for some reason, never learned how to program in MATLAB, which is an, an I mean, that's an engineering program. So to get through undergraduate without having, it'd be kind of like going to film school and not learning AVID. Okay, so let me let me get this. So there is an engineering programming language called MATLAB. Yeah, it's called um, Matrix Laboratory. Okay. And you have graduate students who don't know how to program it. Yeah. Fellow colleagues. Yes. Uh, and so, okay. Seriously, I want to write your department an angry little missive now. <laughs> yeah. Well, there there is there's some caveats. Um one, some of the some of the people I'm working with haven't been back. This is their first uh, first class after having not been in college for a couple of years, kind of like me when I first started. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, a lot of these guys, about half these guys are are Indian from India, 
and they have a completely different undergraduate program where it's all kind of written stuff. Uh, so they claim they're, they're also lacking. Some of them are lacking in some of the basic things like conflict. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of amazing that we've got that not so much that these people haven't learned how to program, but they've had all semester to learn at least parts of this language and they haven't. I mean, like one guy came and said, how do I do a for loop? I'm like, a for loop, that's basic program. That's the most basic program. That's like opening up an MP3 file in a music player. <laughs> you have to know it because that's what computers do. Anyway. It's like in basic, the if-then statement. Yeah. If this happens, then do this. If exactly. If this happens, then do this. Exactly. And the other problem is that we've we've had five assi- six assignments before this take-home exam, and we've been given the answers. In MATLAB, well, in the PDF file, but you can copy and paste. You can copy from the PDF and paste it, and it works. So I, I, I'm just running in, I think, laziness. So basically what happened is the weekend I spent my time trying to figure out what I wanted to do, So, uh, which was hard because I kept on getting distracted. And then Monday, rather than working on the programming, I had people coming up and asking me questions. All so, day. Pretty much all day. I mean, I also had to work on my thesis, but my entire day was was supposed to be set aside for programming. And instead, I spent about half of that time uh, dealing with various people, uh, which is okay. Teaching's fine, and I, I learned a little bit more, but then I just kind of ran out of time. So the problem, then, is on Wednesday... I uploaded at five o'clock. I uploaded a, a previous version just in case something went horribly wrong. I would actually have just something in there. I realized shortly thereafter that I had uploaded while working on the. There were three problems. I got two done. I uploaded a previous, uh, a non-finished version just in case something goes wrong. And you at least had something in there. Exactly. So I'm going to get partial credit. So you covered your ass. Right. So. And then as I was working on the third program, I realized that I had uploaded the wrong version on problem number two. So You had to go back in and fix that. So, so, yeah, I finished that. uh, And about 9 o'clock, I'm trying to upload that. And I can't. I can't get on. I can get on the site, but but it only uploads about 3% and times out. 3% times out. So I'm just thinking, okay, this is... This is not good. So I went through the process, reboot the computer, because it's been on since yesterday, running some very complex uh, equations and right. filling up the memory, blah, blah, blah. I thought, okay, that's not working. So I reset the router and reset both both of my routers. That's not working. So that, that takes about an hour. So now it's like 10 o'clock. <laughs> and you're like... I'm feeling a crunch now. Yeah, and I still haven't finished problem number three because now I'm trying to figure out my my internet connection problem. So I call up friends. Hey, are you having any problems uploading? One friend says, uh, no problem at all. I went, went right in. Uh, okay, so maybe maybe it's the router in this area. So I'll go to Starbucks or or McDonald's and try to up, you know buy a coffee. <laughs> So I get to Starbucks and they're locking the door. I'm like, no, 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 wait. 
All I need is your Wi-Fi. Can I use your Wi-Fi? <laughs> I just need to see if this works. Like, how long it'll take? I, well, I'll know immediately whether I can get on or not, and it'll just take a couple. Of, I mean, it's not like a big program, right? Right. It's it's a couple. It's not even a megabyte. So it's not working. Now this is about halfway to to school, and I'm just like, okay, if it's not working, then there is probably a problem. And so eventually, I said, okay, what I need to do is just to make sure, since I can't get it on, I will, instead of uploading it to this Blackboard system, which is the school system on how to deal with this. Yeah, I've uh, used Blackboard. It's yeah, pain in the ass. Yeah, and UTSA's implementation of it is not efficient. So I said, okay, well, I'll do what I did last time this happened, which is email the grader and the, and the professor my solution. I can't get on Gmail. I can't get on my Earthlink. I can't get on Yahoo. <laughs> uh, so, so what I eventually had to do. So you're 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 at this point you're com- you're considering ritual seppuku, right? Yeah, pretty you're much. Like- <laughs> yeah, I start sweating because I mean I've I've done like problem two, the one that's uploaded right now isn't right, whereas the one I'm trying to upload, at, so at least I'll have two complete problems, two and a half complete problems. So, so what I had to eventually do was load the zip file onto my phone, and then because obviously obviously the internet isn't working, so turn off my Wi-Fi on the phone and then upload it to, through your 4G through my through my 4G. So anyway, I don't really know the point of this except for the fact that thank yeah. goodness for technology in different paths to achieving the same goal. <laughs> and since Greg isn't here, we don't have a birthday. We need a little bit of filler. Yeah. Oh, you know whose birthday it was on Wednesday, though? Who's? Uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah. Happy belated birthday, Bill Nye. Exactly. Um, I don't know whose birthday it is today, but we'll say on our normal recording day, which would have been Wednesday, it was Bill Nye's. So, uh, happy birthday, Bill Nye. Yeah. Bill Nye, of course, is, well, maybe not, of course. Maybe you've never heard of Bill Nye. Uh, Bill Nye is a, is a hated scientist in Texas for saying that the moon reflects light and doesn't produce light. It, it appears that he was at a very conservative Christian school and said that, and he got booed. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he's absolutely right. And he was recently a guest star on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, was he? Yes, he played opposite Bob Newhart, who oh. played a kids' TV show, science TV show personality called Professor Proton, and he played himself opposite Bob Newhart. It's absolutely hilarious. If you get a chance, go and watch it. Pretty sure CBS.com has it. Enjoy. Oh, exactly. So Bill Nye is a is a science promoter. Yes. I think he's an engineer by training. So. Oh yeah. So B- Bill Nye is is a, was well I guess is a mechanical engineer and he got into having his own show on PBS. For which he is well known and well beloved. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people actually out there that are, are engineers that you know you wouldn't have expected to be engineers starting out. Like um, President Carter mm-hmm. started out as a nuclear engineer, Just and he those... became a peanut engineer, and then a peanut farmer, uh, which also means president. Yep. Ha! See, it's a joke of some sort. 
But it's one of those things, like, you never know when engineering people are going to pop up. No, but uh, unfortunately, I see a lot of the uh, creation videos where the person promoting the creationist view is an engineer. Uh, there's there's the guy, I don't know his name, but he does the one of the atheist nightmare things, not the banana, but the atheist nightmare being peanut butter, because... Uh, his entire idea is that you don't see life suddenly, spontaneously form in a peanut butter jar. <laughs> Which, the answer to that is, of course you don't. That's why they put all the chemicals into the peanut butter jar to right. keep that fungus and mold type of life from uh, appearing. You know, I actually have a theory about that. Vegetation, I suppose. Engineers design things they're mm -hmm. constantly designing things so for them to make the jump from you know i designed this widget to do this to an intelligent de designer created the world is not that big of a jump because no. they're already looking at the world as being designed yeah uh and in fact i uh, i met a guy who does work at southwest research here and he's a mechanical engineer and we had an, an argument uh, about about intelligent design. It's like, how can you be an engineer and not see design? And my response was, because I went beyond just looking at things, and I've read up on evolution and chemistry and, and biology, biology and, <laughs> and anthropology anthrop <laughs> and in uh, universes and how stars form. You know, I've I've I didn't stop at oh look, isn't that pretty? There must be fairies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so happy birthday to Bill Nye, belated. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if we should we should we say happy Thanksgiving to everybody, considering you know it was yesterday. It was yesterday, and and some of the and some of the people aren't it. too happy about th it being Thanksgiving, considering they got screwed. <laughs> Mainly the Native Americans. Yeah, I mean, the smallpox <laughs> blankets that we gave them were kind of shitty of us. Yeah, not too nice. Not too, Well, I wouldn't say, we shouldn't say us. We should say some predecessors who were complete bastards. No, I well, gave hello. them. Actually, cut that. Hmm? I was about to say, no, I gave it to them. Oh, you gave <laughs> Oh, having a pox party, are we? Something like that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, move on. How was your week, by the way? Oh, you did the forty-eight hour film thing. Yeah, I did the forty-eight hour film. We got it turned in on time. Um, we have a screening and then the award ceremony coming up, and it's a big deal here in San Antonio, yeah. where everybody gets dressed up and puts on their best fake face and <laughs> says, "Oh my God, I loved your well, they piece." Are, they are actors, so you know. Well, no, even the directors and producers get into it where you go, oh, my God, I just love what you did. And all the while you're thinking, my God, if that shit wins, I'm quitting right now. <laughs> well, that's not very nice. But then the truth can often be not very nice. Yes. Uh, oh, that's right. That's what I that's what I did on Saturday is I wrote some music for for our 48th week, which it wasn't used. Didn't use. <laughs> Yeah, well, no worries. But some uh, some cool some cool news that also has been happening. Well, this week is Comet Ison. 
That is, that was the new one that was coming in, right? It, it, not only just new, but brand new, like never been seen before kind of comic. Ooh. And it was so it was all sparkly and shined up. It's all shiny, yeah, exactly. You know, it slicked its hair back, got the new shoes, sort of thing. And it, it wasn't wasn't the biggest comment, or I should say, isn't the biggest comment. Uh, but it was new, so they were expecting it to be fairly spectacular if it survived the trip around the sun, which was supposed to happen on Thanksgiving, yesterday. So what happened to it? It, um, <laughs> they're not really sure. Right As of right now, they're not 100% sure what exactly has happened. Because they sought something come out the other side, but they think it, it got too too close to the sun and basically exploded, uh, came apart. Uh, but about an hour after that of seeing what looked like to be debris, they're seeing a large, uh, well, smaller than the original comet, but still a large piece that's starting to brighten up. Oh, that's really cool. So let me understand that. So it came by the sun and kind of broke up but not really like exploded, broke up into like a thousand million little pieces. Apparently there was one large piece that survived. Yeah. And is now on its trip through going, look at me. I'm all shiny and new. Yeah. I'm a, I am Ison 2.0. Sure. Or maybe 0.5. <laughs> I don't know. It may have. And it looks like it lost a lot of mass. Uh, going through this. So it looks like a lot of the mass was blown off by the by the sun, by the solar wind. But it there's a little bit of hope that it may may brighten up and still be a pretty good comet coming coming That's really out. Really cool. So we shall see. Now the interesting about this I find is they aren't there's some some uh hypotheses and, and theories on what was going to happen as it went through, but they weren't they weren't even close to 100% sure. And so this is going to give scientists who study such things a lot of data on how being close to the sun uh, can affect, well, stuff. Right. <laughs> and comets in particular. Do they do they know how big Ison's elliptical path is well, and when they can it, expect to see it? It's not. It's basically coming in and going out. Oh, uh, so it's a, a one-shot, one one exactly. wonder. Exactly, yeah. From what I understand, unless it's a very, very long one. But uh, from what I understand, it's going to be leaving. On the other hand, it's you know it's lost a lot of mass, so perhaps that may affect its its trajectory out, its escape velocity. So it might you know uh, slow down. I don't know. I don't know because I remember seeing I was junior high, high school. And I saw Haley's Comet. Right. You know, and I remember that because it was a big thing, you know, because it's, you know, only once every 76 years. Yep. Um, I just, you know, it was one of those, you know, rare science things in, in high school that I was like, you know, we spent two days going to the planetarium and a whole bunch of stuff, you know. But. Yeah. So I was just wondering what else they knew about it. Well, I'm sure Other the next, next day or so, we're going to get a lot of lot more information. Because a lot of exciting things. And plus, we finally have 
satellites looking at the sun and and looking for all this stuff which you know 10 years ago we didn't we didn't have any of this data we no. just have to wait until we could take a look at it from from earth based from a telescope yeah earth based telescope and not sun based but now we have uh the helios and soho which are pointed directly at the sun so i'm excited so they can look at the sun so we don't have to exactly so be be looking for the next couple of days um, well, maybe today, for example, Friday uh, and Saturday, be be look for yeah. news. If you are interested in comets, and why aren't you? Because they're pretty cool stuff. Yeah, comets are pretty cool because we don't really know a lot about them. Exactly. But we also have updates. Other updates. We have updates. Yes, we do. Uh, for example, Texas State Board of Education, which is always needs updating due to it being primarily <laughs> run by creatures. Preferably their board members need updating. Yes, that would be nice. But every, what, every year, every other year? Yeah, they, they vote for new textbooks. New, a new curriculum. New curriculums. And they usually base it by subject matter. You know, right. they don't go, oh, yeah, we're going to update everything. Right. Because, well, Texas government just doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, and that, no, that's good because it gives time to look at the, the entire subject rather than just kind of blanketing and, and doing it really quick. So, what, last year, two years ago, history was the big thing, and that's yeah. when the uh, the triangle trade was trying to be downplayed, and they tried to get McCarthy as a big player in U.S. politics, right. which he was, only because of his negative effect on society and right. basically anything. And the removal of Thomas Jefferson yes. as an enlightened thinker. Yeah, so... They overcame that. So this time it was uh, science and biology and evolution. Which, you know, is always a big controversy here in Texas because they don't really like evolution around here. No, the the politicians, I mean, starting with George Bush and then moving to Perry, who apparently is uh, a fundamentalist. Well, not even apparently. He is a fundamentalist. And now, I suppose, what's-his-face, who's trying to replace him? Oh, Dewhurst. Dewhurst, yeah. And the attorney general, whatever. Anyway, um, so they, they loaded the, the board. Sorry, uh, we used to have McElroy. Right, McElroy. Don McElroy. Don McElroy, who, who, came, who had the wonderful phrase, we have to stand up to, to the, the experts. experts. Uh, so he lost, and then I think someone resigned, and so Perry put another person, a creationist. Uh, Barbara Cargill. Barbara Cargill, who's no better. No, she's just she's just uh, McElroy in a dress, and yeah, or maybe it's McElroy. I think I think Matt McElmore, uh, McElroy. I've always heard it McElroy. Is it okay? Well, we are in the South. We don't really know how to pronounce MCZ. Yeah. <laughs> it appears that the people have spoken, and uh, some people on the school board decided that evolution is, in fact, going to be taught. And there was pushback by the by the book companies who said, "No, we're not going to change our you know what we know to be true because you have ideological reasons to oppose 
uh, what we know as science. Well, let's remind our listeners that in Texas, schools can only use the approved books. And because public schools can only approve public schools can only use the approved books, therefore, they are one of the single largest purchasers of books. So it's kind of follows the saying, where goes Texas schools goes the rest of the United States. Yeah. And, and they, because there's such a volume of purchase. Yeah. But the, the, the thing is though, I don't think that that holds water anymore. Right. Uh, it, it definitely used to be when you had to do all the typesetting, but net, digital publishing has changed all that. And yeah. so you can just say, okay, uh, pull, pull that book out of the idiot file and let's print up, you know, 10 million of those for the kids in Texas. And then the rest of the country will get actual science and math. Right. Plus also <laughs> nowadays with the advent of going to digital readers and schools are starting to make that transition. There are certain schools that are giving out iPads yeah. and loading them with their textbooks, so it's made it even easier. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I mean, I mean that, that that raises the whole thing of it's it's easier to update text than if it's on like a, yeah. a, an iPad or an e-reader. But I don't, I don't know. It just it just doesn't. There's first of all, I'm not a big fan of of reading on. I I like the i you know the e-reader. Uh, but I think that the backlight from, from the, from my tablet just kind of annoys me when I'm reading. Yeah, there's, now, but we're, we're also a different generation. This is true. Yeah. We, I mean, cause I know a lot of high schoolers and young college people really prefer them. No, I, I definitely do as, as far as that goes, but I, I even then the and part of the reason is this. Um, I, I have both a, a hard copy textbook and a soft copy of, of the same textbook. And I just find make, taking notes and marking inside the... The hard copy is the easier. The hard copy. It's easier to flip through for me. For so, and, and maybe it's just because I'm not used to... You know, I haven't figured out a good method. And I've been doing the other method for, you know, 30 years. <laughs> So it might be it might be that. The other problem I found out is that in in this class my professor keeps on updating his his slides. And so you download it and then suddenly all of your notes for the original version of the slides don't make any sense because he's rearranged. And so if I can't just replace the old one with the new one. So now I, I suddenly have five different versions of of these lecture slides, and they have different notes on them, and so it becomes inefficient. All rather right. than so, what I have had to do now is print them out, <laughs> and then try and figure out which ones are duplicates, and then rearrange them, and blah 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 blah. So anyway, uh, get on Texas and Texas people for for standing up, and to the textbook makers yeah. to. Uh, for standing up to to Texas. One thing that I did like the uh, the article that we posted on our main site says um, several people are getting together to approve experts for this basically final round of approval, and they voted that the experts must hold a PhD Ooh. in a related field of study <laughs> and could not have served on the original review panel. 
So they're getting a new set of eyes and an educated set of eyes. Yay! So that's that really makes me happy. Yeah. Excellent. So it looks like Texas may be coming around. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if that just isn't a sign and, you know, people fed up with Perry. <laughs> you know, I and some hope of the so, but... But we'll we'll find out next year. Yeah, we'll find out with the next governor's uh, race. Yeah, because basically it's it's a Perry wannabe Dewhurst versus uh, the complete opposite. Which, yeah, which like it's almost in a complete female field. Yeah, because um, Wendy one. Davis is running for Wendy governor. Le- Letitia Vandepute, who yeah. is a San Antonio senator, mm-hmm. state senator, she is running for a lieutenant governor. Right. So it'll be interesting. And we've 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 had great success with our female governors. I know. So we'll see. But that's next year. Uh, we're we're here now. Yes. <laughs> we're not there yet. But speaking of this whole look, keeping in tune with education, I know that we've talked about this before. And once again, we're going to be doing a lot of review today. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a teacher who was fired from the Mount Vernon School for blatant um, inclusion of religion in his science classroom, as well as burning a cross with a Tesla coil into the arm of a student. Now, for the past two, two or so years, there has been infighting and court cases and was he properly fired? Was he not? Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. Blah, blah. All of this jazz. The Supreme Court, the Ohio Supreme Court, upheld Mount Vernon's decision to fire his ass. Yay! They basically said that the school was justified for firing him for the promotion of religion in a science classroom. Yes! Thank you! We have a... And what it boils down to is, yes, the teacher has the right to his own religion. Mm Mm-hmm. But you can't put up big quotes that are taken completely out of context and make assignments that say, oh, well, I'll give you points if you watch Expelled. (laughs) You know, if you're going to watch Expelled, balance it with, I don't know, say a science video. Yeah. And compare and contrast. (laughs) See, that would be – I think making or saying that you get extra credit for watching Expelled – I don't. I don't think that that in and of itself it warrants uh, pushing creation. Only if you require that, uh, if you give a bad grade to the to a person who wrote it up well and basically disagreed with your idea that expelled was the you know bee's knees. Right. Well, it's my understanding that um, this guy uh, John Freshwater did a lot of nudge, nudge, wink, wink in yeah. his science classroom. Yeah. And it's also come to the attention that a lot of the upper-level science teachers, because I guess he was a middle school science teacher, mm-hmm. really disliked getting freshwater students because they felt they had to reteach a lot of the basics that should have already been there. Yeah, it, which is the whole point of education, going through the education system, is each level leads to the next level. So if you're if you get all the way to high school and can't do basic algebra, there's been a huge failure along that. Or if you get to college and you can't do basic algebra and you're going into engineering. Right. You know. Uh so yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's why 
if, if you're teaching religion in a science classroom, you are not doing your job at all. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, religion is not science. The court did rule that if it had just been a case of him having a Bible on his desk had been the reason for his firing, that that wouldn't have been enough. Sure. That that would have violated his religious freedom. But there were so many other things in there. An example was all the posters with the religious quotes that he refused to take down. And then we're like, we told you to take this down. You're, now you're just violating orders mm-hmm. and trying to claim that that was violating his religious rights. What bothers me is that this case was ruled four to three by the Ohio Supreme Court. So there's three people on that court who I honestly don't think saw black for white. You know, they were like. Oh, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. And, and of course, we haven't read the response. <laughs> right. But, like I said, it's it's nice to see that these things are being upheld because they weren't really violating his personal religious rights. He wasn't being told that he couldn't pray by himself and in private. He couldn't make students pray with him. He couldn't say, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, tell me about the controversy of evolution, you know, this whole teach the controversy thing, you know, right. the devil planted bones to freak <laughs> us out. Right. And and this is what's what I find interesting from a sociological point of view and a philosophical point of view is in science, there is no controversy over evolution. But in society, there is, which in itself is an interesting a social science type of thing to, to pursue. But I find it interesting that uh, so many people can't take that step out of, of their, their, their little bubble and, and see a slightly larger picture to see where they sit in the whole thing. You know, they're well embedded in the middle of whatever their thinking is. And they're un- incapable of, of stepping out of that and saying and looking at a larger picture or looking at somebody else's point of view or realizing that, in fact, uh, creationism is not science <laughs> because they don't understand science. Right. And we have this whole belief in the United States where theory and hypothesis are used interchangeably in the common vernacular. Yeah, right. Uh, it's called, uh, equivocation. Yeah. Changing, changing the term of a, uh, the meaning of a word in, in the middle of an argument. Which so, was what creationism, creationismists. <laughs> I think Terry just created in, a intelligent new word. Intelligent dying C proponentists. <laughs> <laughs> or C design proponentists. Anyway. Like I said, I, it's a very interesting case. I think that it has finally reached its end. Yeah. Honestly, he could probably push this up to the Supreme Court. I'm pretty sure his lawyers are going, look, dude, let's just cut our losses. Yeah. Unless the guy's making some, some good buck. Yeah. <laughs> from whatever appearances he may have as a persecuted religious person. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of quotes. There's a quote from... So one of the dissenting opinions on this argued that Freshwater had been singled out 
for his willingness to challenge students in the science classroom to think critically about evolutionary theory and to permit them to discuss intelligent design and to debate creationism in connection with the presentation of the prescribed curriculum on evolution. Here we go. I'll say this again. When you can prove that intelligent design is a legitimate science and can follow the Socratic theory of testing, repetition of the test, repetition of the results, I'm all for calling it intelligent design science or creationism science or whatever you want to call it. But nobody can tell me how we can do that. Well, because you can't. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's science if you wear a white lab coat. Oh, is that the okay? Yeah. <laughs> I th- Everyone I think knows you, this. <laughs> I think you can get one of those on Amazon for six dollars or so. Yeah, and then it, it, it's and then you can be a scientist too. Right, and it's also especially helpful if you hang a stethoscope around your neck, even though even if it has nothing at all to do with what you're doing in science. Like so, you're a physicist? Yeah, like if you're a physicist, or even if you're a biologist working with microorganisms, if you walk around the lab in a white lab coat and a uh, but stethoscope. But you also have one of those ear thingies popping out of the pocket. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you never know when that microbe needs a ear canal check. Sure, and if it uh, leaps out, kind of like the thing, you know, you can smash it with the little knee hammer. Exactly, there you go. Oh, I was thinking the knee hammer, not the little ear light thing. I was thinking the ear thing, because I always have those in the They do, yeah. Maybe it's just my doctor, because he's also a pediatrician, so... Not my doctor is a pediatrician. His office has pediatric patients. Right. General practitioner. Do you get a lollipop whenever you leave his office? I'm not going to say. You do. <laughs> if you've been good. <laughs> anyway. Hey, I love my doctor because he's very science-oriented. And because he's got a couple of doctors in his practice that are very, oh, try this lavender shit. And I'm all like, no. <laughs> Show me the papers. Show me the paper. <laughs> And he is just like, if I go into him and he says, I want you to try this, and I look at him funny, he just goes, yeah, why did I even try? Yeah. So have you have you asked him about juicing? No, I haven't asked him, but I've been really curious because my, okay, I work in the entertainment industry. Everybody fucking juices. They're all about it. And this $700, $800 uh, I don't. No, wait a minute. I don't understand. You're you're saying that people in the film industry juice. Yes. So they're all walking around like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, they're all drinking frou frou whipped drinks and don't, oh, don't so, get me wrong. So juicing has suddenly uh, equivocated and has become a new term. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a good Jamba juice oh, yeah. once in a while. But you don't think it ha- it contains magical powers? No. And these people that are spending like $800 on a blender, like I'm not getting, I've seen people spending outrageous amounts on a blender to make their juices. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what, um, Janine, uh, who was on the podcast, what, uh, at the beginning of the year, she has a very nice blender, and but she me- uses it and it's pretty badass. I, I'm, I'm jealous of the blender. 
I covet the blender. The blender can do more than you. (laughs) Well, I mean. It blends things. It blends things, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, if I was going to do what the blender does, I'd have to, like, get, get a big pan and, you know, stomp on grapes or you know, whatever. But like that sucker, it's kind of like, I think it's one of those... It the matter. ninja ones. It's, yeah, it's a, anyway. it's a really expensive, really nice blender. It's really nice, but she cooks. And yes. she uses it all the time. And so, if you use it all the time, like I have a blender, I get it out maybe once a year to make mojitos or some bullshit. Margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't use it for anything. And it's one of those, you, you go to... Target, for example, and you say, that one's $25. <laughs> That'll I'll, work. I'll be having that one. <laughs> right. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't blend. <laughs> See, neither do I. And, but a lot of the actors that I know are all about juicing to lose weight or to cleanse and detox. Right. And I, okay, to make a Maybe it's just the people that I know that are doing it, but after day three, I don't want to be anywhere near them because they're bitchy and hungry. (laughs) Well, you have to get used to it. You have to get used to it. And like any dietary restriction, you know, if you go from, uh, I'll be having that hamburger, I'm going to be using that term a lot. I'll be having that. That's, that's my term for, for the moment. Um, yeah. So if you're going from eating hamburgers to suddenly, a, a liquid diet, uh, it does, you, you do lose weight when you do that. But basically it's because you've, uh, <laughs> pooped out all of the solid waste that you had, and that takes up one space, and two, adds weight to you. So yeah, yeah you can lose, you know, th- what, three to ten pounds in, in a week just by changing to a liquid diet. Of course, this is semi-liquid because it's, it's blended, so there's some fibrous crap in there. Right, because, I mean, like, if you blend in a pear, you're going to end up with the that stuff or cruciferous vegetables. Because apparently that's a big thing, is you have to have, like, equal amounts of fruit and vegetable in sure. it. Yeah, that's Or they add the wheatgrass, which really makes you poop. Yeah, or the <sighs> there's a bran and, and some other stuff that you can put in there for proteins. What else about juicing is it? That uh, is, it, people are saying it's magical. Uh, you know, they use it as a cleanser, right? As opposed to just going out and getting the coffee enema. <laughs> well, a lot of people are. It is keeping their calories at about a thousand a day, which honestly is not healthy. No, That's- because a, a human needs an average of about fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred, yeah. depending on your size. Right, and how active you are. Right, exactly. They need a certain amount of caloric intake. It's literally to... fuel. Yes. <laughs> you can use some of your stored fuel, also known as fat, but, I mean, just to just to go off of that, you're going to have a couple of days or a week where you're extremely miserable, as well as everybody else around you. And then at some point, those reserves dry up, and you're going to die. Yep. But the big one that I always see from the juice cleanser people is the removal of toxins. Oh, toxins. You know, it's like those things that you put on your feet, the shinobi thingy or whatever, or that turns black. And I'm like, it's your sweat. It's reacting to the sweat on your feet, people. It's a chemical reaction. It's not sucking anything out. You know, so 
And there's they're so vague in what the toxins are. You can't say like mercury. It's yeah. pulling the mercury out. No. No, there, toxins is a term that sounds like it means a, a lot. But in fact, it's such a vague, hand-waving term, it doesn't mean anything. It's right. so vague, it means nothing at all. It's like natural and organic. <laughs> right. So, to me, it's humans and their relationship to food, It's it's always it's always going to be complicated. And now we've just added a new level of complication to it. I don't know that's necessarily all that complicated. Some people can't eat some stuff. Right. Like me. Yeah. Uh, because of allergies or whatever. Uh, and some things are better for us than other things. Right. An apple is better for you than a McDonald's hamburger. Okay. <laughs> yes, that is true. But... A McDonald's hamburger, just like the hamburger, is better for you than, say, a Whopper. Not that I'm advocating any McDonald's versus Well, it's better for Burger you than King. a Twinkie. Right. It's better than, yeah. Which has empty No calories. nutritional value yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Although it's good for the soul. Hey, I <laughs> once in a while you have to have something that has zero. It's purely pleasure. Sure. The problem is when you start, because we go towards the pleasure. So you become, oh, I've got to eat chocolate all the time. Your brain or your body or your taste buds are going, I have to have sugar all the time. And then you get into like this uh, positive reinforcement, which is then you're happy all the time until your body starts breaking down because you're not doing the right things. Right. So yeah, we do have to... Uh, What's the word? Keep tabs on what our body and brain are trying us to do. This is why I don't trust my brain. <laughs> but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing the, these fruit and vegetable juices, these sort of nouveau V8s that you make at home. There is nothing wrong with that. But if that is your only source of nutrition and it becomes a sort of cultural icon, because that's how a lot of people are all like, oh, yeah, I'm a juicer. You know, oh, you, you're you a fucking meat eater who kills puppies and, and <laughs> shit like that. So you're saying when the juicing becomes kind of almost religious or dogmatic. Yes. Like, like anything, when it becomes a dogma. Yeah. It becomes not good. And it really is down to marketing. Um... There's a great movie by uh, Spurlock called, what is it, Buy This Movie or Sell This Movie, where he talks about basically the marketing now is more powerful than the product. And sure. he gets a Palm like to donate so much money. So he has, you know, Palm pomegranate juice in like every fucking scene. Right. It's on the table. It's, you it's know, called it's called buy this movie. Yeah. If I, if I, yeah. I, could, I always get it confused whether it's buy or sell because he's selling the movie. Right, but he did it by getting corporate sponsorship by and being placement. being yeah being one hundred percent upfront about the right. And it's the same thing that has driven Apple. <clears throat> Apple has created the culture of 
we're innovative and we're the cool kids. So if you buy Apple products, you'll be an innovative cool kid. Yeah. Uh, by, yeah. It's uh, innovation by association. Right. And I mean. <laughs> and they're not particularly innovative anymore. Right. Sad to say. I use Mac products, but that's because they are the best use of the programs that I use. Sure. I cut on Final Cut Pro 7, right. not the new shit. Fuck them. I'm still pissed off about that. <laughs> but I still cut on that. Therefore, I have to use a Mac. Right. And which Otherwise, is why I, <laughs> I would not use a Mac. And I have actually moved out of using a lot of Mac products. I no longer have an iPhone. Wow. That was a big step. That was. <laughs> it really was. There was... There was about five minutes of buyer's remorse when I got my new Samsung Galaxy. And I'm going, but I don't know where anything is and I can't do this. And I started playing with it. And I was all like, holy shit, I can do this and this and this with it. And in two weeks, I was all like, fuck iPhone. (laughs) Exactly. So, but yeah, juicing has become this new cultural dogma. Mm-hmm. But I still see by the fact that humans and their relationship to food have it's always been contentious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the argument over we actually had an argument the other day over cornbread versus traditional stuffing, which is better. Okay, well, now hold on. I'll tell you, people are pretty entranced in their <laughs> their their stance on. Cornbread versus traditional white bread stuffing. Um, but the, the the problem with that is, okay, there's various ways to make cornbread, and there's various ways to make stuffing. So it depends on how you how you do either one. Uh, for example, I like raisins in my stuffing. Oh God! See? Oh, that's exactly my point. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love raisins. Raisins are great. <laughs> I, in your stuffing, though? Oh, I love, yeah, because it adds, the the stuffing tends to be sa- savory, uh, you know, slightly on the, yeah. and the raisins, when they cook, they, they bring, they get sweet. And so it's that sweet and savory, I, I love it, it's wonderful. It's like stuffing in the bird and oh, yeah. on the side. Oh, yeah, it's gotta be, yeah, stuffing out of the bird, awesome. <laughs> Pulling it out of the turkey's ass. Yeah, it's a little disgusting, but... It's the best taste in the world. Yep. So, and it, which kind of brings up, I imagine that if Han Solo got really hungry on Hoth, that Luke Skywalker would have tasted fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> because a tauntaun's a pretty fucking big turkey. I was going to say, though, but <laughs> Hoth is not an Argentinian mountain, and they weren't a soccer team, okay? <laughs> But yeah, but nobody's shoved any a, a soccer player into uh, a billy goat. Wait, that we know of. That we know of. True. Good point. <laughs> Sorry, what we're we talking about? Juicing. Juicing. <laughs> we went from juicing to the movie Alive. Yeah. In seventeen convoluted steps. Yeah. Well, we went to Star Wars and then to Alive. Yeah. Uh, but we also so, had stuffing and tauntaun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now they had to go home and watch the Empire Strikes Back. It's a good thing you have it. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a... No, never mind. We'll just get off. <laughs> we are so rantalicious today. So, Slate had an article talking about juicing, which is one of the reasons that this sort of came up. I know you deal with it a, a lot. Uh, I, working around engineers, they tend to eat pretty bad food. Uh, although, surprisingly, the graduate students kind of know, you know, how to eat properly. <laughs> Well, I think it's because graduate students have already been through that, you know, like the undergrad, you're away from home for the first time, yeah. you can eat whatever you want, you don't necessarily have to have the balanced meal, or you're poor as a church mouse, Yeah. and you're eating shit like ramen just to survive. Yeah, then that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so Slate, Slate had an article, uh, we'll, we'll put a, a link to that article. In the show notes. Now, so you talk about humans always having a contentious relationship with food. I'm not certain that's always been the case. So you said humans have a content have always had a contentious relationship with food, and I'm not certain that's exactly correct because I think in the last fifty years, yeah, let's just let's say last hundred years, we we started having. Uh, a problem with food, but prior to that, you you ate what you had. So you, the meat was good, but you would settle for berries because the saber toothed tiger didn't right. want you to have. Right, I'll give you that. Okay. Okay, so we've had a contentious relationship with food since we've been producing it on our own. Sure. Uh, and so, well, so like, we can blame agriculture. Uh, well, yeah, but. We still, it's only been recently that we have had so much options. So you could have the Twinkies every day because there's so many of them. And you can have meat every day. You can have red meat every day, right? Uh, or even, even you can have tomatoes year round. I mean, I, I am, old, and I know you are, we are old enough to remember when we, the parents bought whatever was in season. Yeah. So you'd go through and you wouldn't have tomatoes through the winter. Sure. Because they hadn't figured out how to free, they didn't know what to do with them. So. You didn't have tomato, tom tomatoes. Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You didn't have tomatoes in the winter. You didn't have apples in the winter. Yeah. Um, but you had more squashes and Colder climate foods. Exactly. And my, my, my family, my, my family didn't have meat a lot, uh, all the time. I mean, every once in a while we might have, uh, it was like once a week, I think, was the big meat dinner. Uh, unless it was like put in a stew or, or a lot of leftovers. Of course, we were also a little bit poor <laughs> when I was very young. But regardless, uh, so I think, I think just the, the idea recently, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is where it's at. Right. What we're talking about? I don't remember. Uh, we're finishing up on juicing. Yeah, I think we pretty much said all we could. Yeah. We got off on another tangent. Yeah. But it, the interesting thing is that if you have juice and you get some on you and you suddenly kill over dead, when you reincarnate... Uh, you will have a birthmark, perhaps, in that area. 
Oh, wow. Yes, according to... So apparently to... the way that I died was getting a leg cut off because I've got a, a rather large birthmark on my right, left thigh. Sorry. Hmm. So apparently I had my leg cut off. Uh, you could have been stabbed. Could have been stabbed. Femoral yeah. artery. That's sure. true. Sure. Uh, but according to Dr. Jim Tucker of the University of Virginia, birthmarks relate to past lives. And how did he come up with this conclusion? Because I'm kind of curious now. From what I understand, he uh, talked to kids. He and talked to he ta- kids. He talked to kids who either with had... With a lively imagination. Uh, no, no, no. They're perfectly uh, cromulent. And so it, the, the kids would have, would know why they they have a scar or why they have a birth defect or why they why they have a uh, a birthmark and they would why they have s- a birth defect yeah like if they're missing fingers or, or whatever and they say oh well, it's because my fingers got cut off in the brawl in a former life or they were chopped off by a tiger or something okay and so one of the things he the other thing is that some cultures mark bodies uh let me let me. Uh, people mark the deceased with soot or paste to recognize them when they are reborn. So people are marking bodies, and then they apparently, supposedly, see on a born child, newborn child, that they have a birthmark in the same place. Yeah, I mean, because there are certain birthmarks that are common, mm-hmm. like what they call stork bite. You know, which is the the birthmark on the back of the neck. Okay. It's a fairly common one. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a little rosea, but they call it a stork bite. And so it's... But birthmarks can also be genetic. Because my daughter and my brother have almost the exact same birthmark. In the same place? Yep. Which is what and where? It's a little red dot, basically right off of their shoulder blade. Huh. Interesting, because my 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 birthmark is actually on uh, right on my rib cage, at the, and it's very small. So, whatever that means. Yeah. So you were probably stabbed in the ribs by a jealous lover. Could be. Could be shot. Maybe I was quickly reincarnated. Boom boom. Yeah. Or maybe I fell down and impaled myself on the punji stick or something. That would have been cool. Not or you really. were Jesus. <laughs> or you were Jesus and they were stabbing no, you with the little got, spear. Uh, let me see. Hold on. He got stabbed on the left side. Mine's on the right side. Ah. Uh, so you weren't Jesus. No. About to have a religious moment. Now, you'd think, oh. you'd think that if you were Jesus reincarnated, you would know. And, One would think. But and, apparently he gets reincarnated a lot. A lot during the same period of time, too. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Things that make you... Hmm. Hmm. This is... Yeah. So, <laughs> this scientist, and I'm, I'm using that term in the absolutely loosest sense of the word now. So, he goes to kids and interviews them and takes their stories as verb Batum knowledge. Sure, like the kid who died and went to heaven and saw all of his previous 
and now there's a movie about uh, whatever. I don't care what the movie is. I'm not going to tell you. So, yes, if you come up with a story about how you died and you remember that that's how you died, it appears that the birthmark may go away. Because according to this article, a woman named Karen Kubico had a birthmark in high school that she posted photos of. And then she remembered that she had been shot by a stray bullet in the neck in 1927. And when she remembered that, the mark disappeared. So it appears that if you remember how you died, the birthmark goes away. And, but there's no explanation for why this might be so. Does it, I, what does that mean? You know, it, it, it makes no sense. Right. Okay, so she says she was shot, but then another person was bit on the back of the leg. I am bitted by a snake. Another person on the blog said she had birthmark on the back of her leg and realized that a past life of snake had bit her there. Years later, she realized that the mark had faded away. She says the area is not often exposed, so light exposure or other external elements are not to blame. It's on the back of your leg, unless it is right next to your ass cheek. And even then, as we've noticed in today's fashions, really doesn't matter. There's going to be some sun exposure. Hmm. That and, oh, you grow and the birthmark can stretch out and, and fade. Yeah. Oh. There's all kinds of explanations. But, you know, what? I just prefer to just believe whatever... Anybody tells me, really. It makes life easier. It does. Uh, in some ways. I'm always poor, though. So yeah. I'm always helping out people who, you know, had had a problem. And I'm they're my long-lost cousin. And, and you know, that Nigerian guy keeps promising to send the money. This is true. Yeah, I've, I've sent uh, about four different princes... It's uh, so a good total of $15,000. God damn, those people need to hurry up. Well, it's it's stuck in the UN. Somewhere in South Africa. <laughs> With the Reverend John Martin? Oh, absolutely. He's helping. He is? He, yeah, yeah. He's he's getting on the on the flight uh, soon. Soon? He said, yeah. Because Texas is a real place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyway, so um, I think we're going to cut short a little bit. You're sounding a little bit ill. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got that raspy, gravelly, supposedly sexy voice, and I feel the least sexy. (laughs) All I want to do is go home, put on sweatpants, and watch Star Wars. I'm going to be sexy in front of the LCD screen. (laughs) Or she suddenly turned into Sylvia Brown. <laughs> All right. So what did we learn today? Well, we learned that snowballs in space may not stay snowballs if they get too close to the sun. Icarus was right. Oh. Although, thinking about that, Icarus had wax wings. Wasn't it Daedalus who was right and Icarus was the one that... I- no, I- Icarus flew too close to the it sun. It flew too Daedalus close to the sun, yeah. but Daedalus was oh, the one yeah. going, yeah, 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 hey, yeah. 
I got a problem here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're right. I- I- Icarus uh, was too bold. Yes. But the implication of that is that the sun was very close to the Earth then. Hmm. So apparently the sun has gotten much larger and further away since uh, the time of Icarus the, and the Daedalus. Greeks. Yeah, the Greeks. It maybe maybe <clears throat> it just didn't really like us anymore. It was kind of breaking up with the Earth. And saying, oh, sure. Well, saying it's 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 not you, it's me. It's me. I'm going to go stand over here for a while. Hang out with my other friends. <laughs> Keep my friends at arm's distance. Uh, we learned that the Texas State Board of Education got learned real good by the book manufacturers and science. Because we're going to have science in our textbooks. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Apparently, Macy and Calliope don't like that idea. I think they do like it. I think they're they're barking their approval. Oh, that was Callie's approval growl. It's like, yes, yes, that is correct. This is how things should be. We learned that juicing will only get you so far, and if you're doing the wrong kind of juicing, your testicles will shrink, even oh. if you're a girl. That's a bad thing. Yeah. It's very, very bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Don't juice. Although, go ahead and enjoy the occasional juice, because they are quite tasty. Yep. And we last... No, wait, what? And last, we learned that if you remember how you died, your birthmark will go away. For no readily apparent reason. But reason's got nothing to do with it, so we're good. Happy joy. Happy joy. So, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, thanks, Donna, for coming over and in, in your sickly state yeah, or pre pre sickly state, something like that. And thank you for having me over here tonight. It's yeah, kind of nice being back in the 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 original digs. The original. <laughs> yeah, it's been I'm, a while. I'm all, I'm all street, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got street cred. That's right. You blend. That's <laughs> damn straight. I blend, even though my blender is not the best blender in the world. Hey, I bet you it makes a hell of a margarita. Hey, you know it does it, uh, on occasion. Yeah. There you go. Probably uh, makes probably makes a nice milkshake too. It's been a while since I had a milkshake. Actually, sounds kind of good. Yeah. Well, I gotta get some food when we're done here, and I think I'm gonna enjoy imbibe in a milkshake because I'm being bad this weekend. Well, I think that you deserve it. Yeah. Although my, my, my caloric intake is going to be good. The things of which give me those calories are, are going to be very tasty and uh, vegans are going to hate me. Mm. Some vegetarians may hate me too. Probably. In fact, I, I basically I'm going to get a hamburger and slather it all over my body. <laughs> So I'm oh, pretty sure wow. the people... That's a way too much information. Pretty sure that the people in the restaurant are going to be pretty pissed off at me, too. <laughs> and then, well, you know, I'm going after the whole breatharian kind of thing, except I'm going to, uh, to to keep my caloric intake at a minimum, I'm going to absorb it through my pores, which also means that a couple of days later, I'll probably break out with pimples. This has gone a little bit too far. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are definitely in the TMI. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so next week we'll have Greg back, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, He gets back back on on Tuesday, so he'll be as prepared as we are. Exactly. Although I should probably be a little bit more prepared because I don't really have anything due. 
this time. So I can, I will, I, uh, dear listener, I promise that next week I will read up on stuff and have interesting things to say. Sounds awesome. I promise. I should be read up too. Probably, maybe. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> Because I think that I'm actually going to probably end up going to the doctor on Monday to take care of whatever this is. This ailment. This sickness. This disease. The disease. Right. So, thanks for joining us. We'll talk with you next week. Sounds good. Ciao. Cheers. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. But anyway, so what, what is it? What is it? What else? Now you can use some of your stored fluid. You've. What the fuck? Somebody sending you Morse code? Uh, someone sent me. I don't even know what that is. Stop playing with the phone. I have a new phone. <laughs> I haven't quite figured everything out. So you're you're still in that new relationship energy with your phone? Not really, uh, but I've things are are faster on it, which is cool. Uh, I can read a little bit better because it's a much larger screen. And but it's I had an Android. This is an Android, so there's not much. There's no difference except it's just a a, a better computer. And actually, it's a better phone so far. But. Yeah, see, I did the same thing when I went from iPhone to the to the Android. Yeah. And then I found a couple of things that I could interchange on it. Um, mm-hmm. I changed out the keyboard as an example. Aha. Uh-huh. Because for some reason, the Android keyboard, like the backspace button, is really not as sensitive as I would like it to be. Hmm. So you kind of have to find that perfect spot to hit the backspace. <laughs> but on this new one, it seems to work better. And it's AI for predictive text is hmm. amazing. <laughs> like, I don't even type words out anymore. Like, half the time now, I'm just like, you know, I hit one letter and because I'll be all like, oh, hope I see you tonight. I'll hit H-O, it'll be hope. And because I've said that so many times... Hmm. It automatically pops up with, and I just have to hit enter. Yeah. And it just goes ding, 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 ding. That's it. That's kind of creepy. It's AI is pretty cool. <laughs> that and I just tend to say the same things over and over. Yeah. Did we mention that on the podcast about, we may have. about personalization of like news feeds where you're given what you want to read rather than what you should read. Yeah, I think we yeah, did that about two weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about that. Because okay. weren't you doing the experiment where we put in... Badminton. Badminton, yeah. yeah. How did that work? It doesn't. There, 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 are, there are no ads for badminton. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, is that we need to put in a more common search term? No. No, that's the point. I want, I want the term badminton to start inundating... <laughs> I want someone. Maybe, maybe we need to come up with a with an ad for badminton. <laughs>
<laughs> but I get I get lots of coffee uh, stuff. So. Uh, that's you awesome. mean an ad for shuttlecocks? Uh, Which sure, just sounds sure. dirtier than it actually is. Sure. Why not? There go the dogs. <clears throat> I think I think this is the perfect table if you ever have to record somebody writing something. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. I, I think heard. this is the perfect. It's, it sounds like I'm writing, you know, something serious. <laughs> It has has gravitas. 